Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Sean, I'm doing well. It's the weekend, so looking forward to that. Looking forward to talking some quarterback play. Yeah, and uh, I think a week from tomorrow, fans will be able to see that quarterback play in person, right? At, uh, at Fan Day, I think the open practice is it set for the sixth. I believe is the date. Yep, August. Let's say I'm getting a little, bit, getting a little maybe getting a little bit too far ahead, moving into August. But yeah, it's oh, so here. <laughs> it, it is. It's hard to believe. Uh, fall camp right here, and Fan Day always one of the the most anticipated days of the the summer, really, because you you get to get out there and and see the team, and then media day set for Wednesday. So a lot of football content coming your way. And I know we've, we've got a lot of good feedback on the position previews last year. And then thus far on the uh, wide receiver one, we got some pretty positive feedback too. So now we're going to start with, again, with the quarterback position. And we all know that it centers around Will Levis. But on top of that, Kentucky's quarterback room got a lot thinner this week uh, when Bo Allen announced that he was entering the transfer portal. It's uh, the second straight year now that Kentucky has had a, a, a portal quarterback right around, well, last year it was after fall camp had started, but this year it's before fall camp. Yeah, yeah, Gate would leave like the second week of camp, and then he was playing for Central Florida against Louisville like a month later. So that was kind of wild how that worked out for him. Uh, but, yeah, you know, like you said, we'll get into Levis right here because he's he'll, he'll be the focal point pretty much of this episode. But, you know, Bo Allen, it, it kind of read to me, um, one, I think he thinks he's going to be able to get cleared to play this year because there is a deadline in place for guys to transfer and play. I don't know how closely that's followed because um, I just mentioned Gatewood last year. I think there have been other cases of guys who have left, you know, right around this time and gotten to play. So hopefully for Bo's sake, he will get to play. Uh, I don't know if you saw, Sean, I saw a tweet today um, from – Muhammad, uh, a guy who used to cover UK for the Colonel, he uh, I think he must be in Bowling Green now. I'm not really sure because uh, it popped up on my feed. But Bo Allen, I think, was visiting Western Kentucky today. So uh, an interesting yeah. fit, perhaps. There, they just had a quarterback get drafted. Uh, you know, threw for tons of yards last year. It's a air raid type offense that maybe Bo would would potentially fit a little bit better, a better in. But in terms of what it means for UK, it's definitely. Uh, how much of a blow you want to call it? I'm not really sure because Bo never got meaningful snaps here. Uh, really, no more so than I think in his career than what you could say Deuce Hogan has, or uh, you know he's taking more. Kaya Sharon, I don't think he's taking any snaps, so he didn't get in last year at all, did he? I don't, I don't think he did. Not from what no. I, from what I recall. So, um, you know, the interesting thing about Deuce is I, I kind of wonder now, Sean, if he's going to go on scholarship. You, you would think yeah. they'll probably have one available. Uh, but he came to Kentucky as a walk-on, but not not really your typical walk-on. I mean, he was a scholarship quarterback out of high school at Iowa. So, I mean, this was a Power Five high school quarterback recruit. Um, didn't didn't really do anything at Iowa though, but came here, and it would seem at this point he's going to be the second string quarterback. So, God forbid something happens to Will Levis, I think we might have to get to know uh, Deuce Hogan quite a bit better. Yeah, I think that's the the biggest takeaway for me when it comes to to the whole situation is just you don't want to get hit, especially at a position that important with you know depth issues and and like you said, we we don't really know honestly we we didn't get to see much of Bo Allen. We had no idea how Bo Allen would project as a quarterback if he had to play meaningful snaps 
in a game in the SEC or even meaningful snaps in a game out of conference. We, we have no idea uh, what he would be like. But I think that's the biggest thing. And I told you this the other day when, when the news broke, I said it was already going to be extremely important for them to keep Will Levis clean and keep him healthy it's even more important now because you, you don't want to have to, to even experiment in that role. And, and I think the biggest thing is it kind of shows where the future is going at this position. I think we'd already talked about this before we even knew that Bo was going into the portal. You said it, I believe, on the wide receiver preview a week ago that you would expect Kentucky probably to, to play around in the portal at that position. And probably their next starting quarterback would be a portal quarterback again like Levis was a year ago. I, I definitely think that is a for sure thing. But at some point, you need this thing to transition to you get an elite difference maker in the high school route that works out. And I think that's the biggest thing that you want to see from Levis this year. Build on that success at this position. Set Kentucky up to start recruiting that position with a lot more success and go get a difference maker that you can have. Maybe you hand the reins to them second year in the program. Maybe if the situation is right and it's a really, really good quarterback with a lot of talent, maybe you're handing the reins as a true freshman at some point. I think that's what you hope that this gets to, but I think it's going to be portal again beyond this year, and I think that, that this decision from Bo kind of puts that on the table and makes it evident, obviously. Yeah. Um, you said that pretty well. Let's let's kind of start with the, the negative, I guess we could say, uh, before wrapping up. Well, not wrapping up. We're just getting started, but before we transition over to – a lot of positive things to say about Will Levis. Um, Bo Allen coming here and, and transferring after two years. You know, I, I think we could all see basically last fall, it was probably determined that it was going to be tough for Bo and this, this style of offense that Kentucky had transitioned into. It was going to be tough for him to probably ever earn the starting job here. And it is what it is. Like you, you know, you, you want to play the best people possible at that position. If you're looking for a quarterback with certain intangibles, uh, you know, maybe Bo didn't fit what they were looking for. And another thing for Bo too, I mean, every year he was at Kentucky or was going to be at Kentucky this year included Well, for spring. Uh, and he was, you know, he was here, he enrolled early, but it was a pandemic shortened year. I can't remember how much spring practice they actually even got in that year, but three coordinators in three years. And, you know, Will Levis has gone through something similar. He had a lot of coordinators uh, at Penn State. He's had a bunch of coordinators, well, two coordinators at UK. So that was probably an issue too because whenever you have kind of that revolving door at coordinator, every guy who comes in here is probably looking for something different. And uh, my hope for Bo is he goes somewhere else in a stable position that he can start. But as it pertains to UK, again, like – it's almost uncanny that Kentucky's had the success it's had under Mark Stoops with how terrible they've been. Let's just call it what it is. They have been terrible at recruiting high school quarterbacks. They've had some bad luck. Yeah. Drew Barker was bad luck. He was a highly touted guy that against Southern Miss in that first half looked like he was going to be, you know, all SEC one day. Tough, tough luck there to lose him to an injury. But Drew Barker was also playing six years ago. Like, that was the last time he played at UK. You had Mac Jones committed. Tough break again to lose him to Alabama. He turned out to be a great quarterback. Had Jaron Williams committed, didn't turn out to be such a great quarterback in college. Um, but those were two guys, Williams especially, who was who were ranked pretty high. Jones was was pretty well thought of, but I, I think most people would say he outplayed as his ranking in college, certainly, leading Alabama to the national championship. But there have been a whole lot of guys after that and in between that Eddie Grant and Darren Henshaw just did not do a very good job at all uh, 
recruiting. I mean, a lot of names have come through here, and you can go look them up, who really had no other options at this level and were probably reaches to begin with. Um, you know, Steven Johnson kind of saved their ass, and I guess you could give them credit. You know, Darren Henshaw, you can give them credit for that, for getting Steven here um, and kept that thing afloat. But it's, it is beyond time to recruit a difference maker at quarterback from the high school ranks. I mean, it's, I mean, it's really unbelievable. I mean, hats off to Stoops for – and Grant and all those guys for kind of finding a way back then when, when they went down and Bowden kind of saved them. But, you know, you can go through – they've not had a guy that they've recruited finish their career here, you know, a high school quarterback. It's I – don't, I don't know that I would put heavy odds in favor of Kaya Sharon ever being the starting quarterback here either. I mean, we'll see. Well, it's, it's really early for him, but we'll see <laughs> – and that's why I was getting at that at some point, if you – this season really sets them up to have a great chance. When, when you've got a quarterback that projects the way Levis does and, and the buzz around him, I mean, it can, it can be good. I mean, it can be bad because, obviously, if he doesn't live up to those expectations, then, I mean, it could you could turn it and go the other direction with it. But for me, I look at it and I saw a tweet pop up from you, and I'm like, How, how's Derek tweeting? And I'm, I'm <laughs> talking. If Levis – does everything that we expect Levis to do this year, then it gives Mark Stoops the the blueprint to go and you and you think start winning some of these battles and recruiting against some of the elite of the elite programs or some of the better programs in college football for a difference making quarterback. And the and the biggest thing that they need is a quarterback to get drafted that came to Kentucky and developed. And that would be Will Levis. If if Will Levis goes and let's say he just goes in the top three rounds, it's a big deal. Heck, if he just gets drafted, I think it's a big deal because they've not had anyone at that position. But the way he's projecting right now, I mean, if he lives up to the first-round potential, then I think it sets Kentucky up. To, if you get a guy that is good enough early, you could ride him for three, possibly four years in your program, and that's something that they have not had at any point in Mark Stoops' tenure in Lexington. No, and going to Levis, I mean, I think we got to give a ton of credit really for – and we see it more and more now. Now, now the next quarterback, whoever they get from the portal next year, it's going to be, uh, you know, Rich Scangarello and then the rest of the staff who, who has to figure that out. I'm sure Scangarello will have a huge say in it just because, obviously, he's the quarterback guy and he's offensive coordinator. So, I mean, I'd say Mark Stoops always has the final say on anything as the head coach, but I think his – I don't think he's going to tell Scangarello no to whoever it is that he wants. But I think we got to give so much credit – to Liam Cohen for how much he did in his one year here. I mean, it's truly impressive. Uh, would have loved to have kept him for a long time, but he's clearly a star and uh, might be an NFL head coach before too long. Who knows? We'll see how it goes for him. But getting Will Levis here, a guy who his first year threw for 2,826 yards, 24 touchdowns, um, and he also rushed for nine touchdowns. So he accounted for 33 touchdowns as a first-year starter, really good numbers um, for Kentucky easily the best quarterback season statistically for Kentucky since Mike Hartline in 2010. So, I mean, you're going back a ways, but a really good find from Cohen to, to kind of see the potential in Levis, a guy who was mostly used as a battering ram, like fullback type, really, uh, at Penn State. Um, it, it's just uh, – and then you add in the wide receivers, just kind of the whole change. I think they've really built off of it, even in this class. But Cohen just did so much. So, the big questions for Levis uh, – you know, going back to the coordinators, you're, you're, having, you're having a new guy there. And, again, he's played for so many different coordinators in his uh, five years of college. But 
you know, I think Scangarello is a really good reputation. A guy who coming from the 49ers coaching those quarterbacks. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good thing on your resume to have that NFL experience, multiple, multiple spots in the NFL uh, coaching quarterbacks and former offensive coordinator of the Broncos. So, I mean, the, the pedigree is there for Scangarello and I'm really curious to see kind of what he can do to help Will build off of last season. The, the one big number two, um, obviously is the interceptions that's that's the big knock on will last year he threw 13 interceptions Uh, some of those weren't his fault i can remember a few kind of those late i think at vanderbilt he threw one that was the last play of the half i I really wish they would have a separate stat for that because it's not i don't really feel like those should be counted into quarterback if you're it's kind of in desperation mode you think about iowa the citrus bowl i think it was like a fourth and eight where blitz got to him and he just had to try to make a play and threw a pick you know, yeah. not all interceptions are the same, I think. I mean, he, he did have a few that, you know, you think back to the Missouri game, Isaiah Cummings is wide open and he just throws it behind him, hits Isaiah's hands, and then it gets picked off. Sort of similar to the very first interception he threw of the year. It was to an open guy. Maybe Ali could have caught it. Maybe, you know, maybe some blame on both guys. But the throws like that, that's what, you know, you got to avoid those this year. I would really like to see the the interception numbers come down by, by five or six. Whenever you're – I think the kind of style that, that Will plays, I think you're, you're going to throw some interceptions. And if you're throwing the ball around as much as I think Kentucky might, they're bound to happen. Um, yeah. So if he can get up to about 30, 30 touchdowns passing, I don't know how much they're going to run them this year. Uh, but, you know, 30 yeah. to 35 touchdowns, I think that would be great with about eight interceptions. I mean, that, that could be a hell of a year. Yeah, and, and so let's let's talk about it though. I mean, and, and everybody's probably going to be like, "Well, don't put this, don't put this out there when, when it comes to injuries." But we also know some of the weird situations that Kentucky football has found themselves in at quarterback over Mark Stoops' time, going back to uh, Drew Barker and moving to Stephen Johnson and Lynn Bowden playing quarterback and Sawyer Smith playing quarterback. Like we we know that anything can happen at any point. So. With no Bo Allen there, do you think it changes the way that they run Levis at all? Because I still think that his legs needs to be a huge part of what they do offensively because he's able to make plays in those situations. And I think that that makes him an even more appealing quarterback moving forward and beyond Kentucky. But does it change the way that they approach the game at all? And then if they do get in a situation, is it Hogan that, that comes in? I don't know that it's so much – to me, it's it's the hits that Will was taking last year like that you, you could call like unnecessary where, you know, God love him. It was, a, it was a huge play when you were in that kid over from Missouri. You know, like it got people pumped up. Like I don't know that you should do that this year. In the second, no, it, the that, could have been, the that could have been a shoulder injury yeah. or anything right there for weeks. So cut that out. You know what I mean? Like don't, don't take those kind of hits anymore. Um, what about the hurdles? He did that quite a few times too. Yeah, the hurdles I would <laughs> so. I would probably avoid. You know, yeah, he did do that several times, and you know they they made good highlights. But yeah, that's that's another like you don't see NFL quarterbacks doing that, right? You don't see dudes at the you don't see Russell Wilson. Well, he, he's not as tall as Will, but he's not trying to jump over you, guys. Kyler Murray's not jumping over people. You know, Lamar Jackson. You love to see you love to see the guy laying and putting his body on the line to win a football game, but. Will Levis has a lot more than win a football game on the line this year. He's got money on the line too. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and and that's the thing. Like you do if you slide, sure. I mean, live to play. It's more important for Will Levis to be receiving the next snap than it is for them to get a first down at in the first quarter or second quarter yeah. or something. But but it's it, is it hard as a competitor though to take that out of you because we know that 
that's what made Levis what he was a year ago. That's what made fans love him so much. It wasn't the the deep baller. It wasn't the hitting an open Wandell Robinson. It was the the passion and the fire and the grit that he had. But at the same time, I think fans would trade that for four, 13, 14 solid games of Will Levis being healthy and giving Kentucky a chance to win every single Saturday they take the field. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I think last year there there was a part of it that he was new to the team. I think he was trying to show those guys what he was about and trucking the kid at Missouri, hurdling people. You know, I, I think part of that kind of establishes, you know, a reputation amongst your teammates that you're willing to lay it on the line for them. I, I understand it to an extent last year why he did that uh, the way he did. This year he is established. The yeah. offense is riding on how he performs this year. The full yep, levels and being healthy and being healthy. If he puts it together, I mean, the sky could be the limit for this team potentially. I mean, you know, I can tell you if he's not out there, this is not going to be a good season. I think we can all agree on that. So, um, in terms of like the design runs, though, like I think there's always a place for it in the whenever you have the athletic ability he has, like you should still take advantage of it. I think I'm not saying you have to, you know, run them 20 times a game. I don't expect that's going to happen, but it's another person for the defense to account for. And if they know he's just going to be a statue back there this year, not trying to make plays with his legs, it'll, it'll make Kentucky a little bit easier to defend. So I still think some of those design runs can be in there. It's just those scrambles that he has out of necessity. You know, when the pocket's collapsing, nobody's open, you got to run. Those are the times you can run out of bounds or slide, do that instead of just taking unnecessary hits. So in terms of who it would be, though, I wish we knew a little bit more with Bo. It, to me, it seemed like Bo potentially got a guarantee from somewhere that he would be playing next season yeah. for another team. That's kind of how I felt. And if that's the case, he probably and, – because it, it seems like there was a, some thought well, as soon as he left that, well, he wasn't going to be the number two anyway. I don't know that. I mean, that might be true. They, they might have decided that Deuce was going to be the guy over him if something did happen. Well, um, and – and and being and being the number two doesn't really, to me, even if he had been the number two, it, it didn't mean as much this year as it did a year ago, because we were still unsure about what Levis was going to be. But being the number two this year, it still feels like that if Bo's the if Bo was going to be the two, and we expected him probably to be that, and but then again, we don't really know that for sure. So regardless if it was him or Hogan. It felt like Kentucky was going to go get a one to go over top of them again a year from now. Yeah. is what I was is how I would see it and that that's why I don't think it like I'm coming back with what you said that it seems like you got a surefire guarantee that he'd be a one somewhere and I think that if, if that ends up being Western Kentucky it makes a ton of sense yeah I mean still not far from home getting a chance to potentially be a three-year starter 
if that's what he wants to do. A couple other names in the room. You know, we mentioned Deuce. He was he was a guy who played at Iowa, like we said, on scholarship at Iowa. Uh, rivals had him as a four-star out of high school. So I think in the composite, he's like a top 500 player overall. So this is not like your standard run-of-the-mill walk-on. I mean, this is a kid that – and we saw him in the spring game. You know, has some arm strength. Um, pretty raw, though. He he is someone that – you know, if he if, – if something happened this year and it did come to him needing to play significant snaps, I think we would all have to be quite patient uh, with this offense. But a couple other names. You know, I mentioned Kaya Sheeran. He redshirted last season. I, I do remember Liam Cohen being a fan. Uh, of Sharon. I don't, I don't know that it was to the extent that he ever expected he would one day be the starting quarterback at Kentucky. I, I don't know. It, Sharon's still so early in his career that it's hard to say. Uh, and then they did bring in a four-star athlete. He was not listed as a quarterback in the high school rankings, but he's going to play at least start at quarterback in his career. And that's Destin Wade uh, from Summit Hill, Tennessee. So he, he's a, a good athlete, um, put up great numbers last year. Uh, did he win Mr. Football in his I know him and his brother both got a lot of awards. There was a photo of the Wade twins and, and Barry on Brown all getting their uh, postseason awards there in the Nashville area. So Destin put up great numbers, especially as a runner. The film of him throwing the ball doesn't look horrible. It's just the odds, I think, of him actually having to play a snap this year at quarterback are incredibly low in terms of you know, a meaningful snap. So he's someone, I guess, to keep your eye on for the future. Though it's 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 been speculated, and and again we'll see how he does once he gets here and, and goes through things this fall. It's speculated that he might end up being a guy who moves positions eventually, um, depending on who you believe in the recruiting process. There were some schools that were willing to give him a shot at quarterback, some schools weren't. Uh, clearly, if that's true, then Kentucky was one of the schools that was planning to give him a quarter to use him at quarterback because he signed here. So uh, we'll see there. But obviously, the big story is Levis and. Really, Sean, when you think about Levis in the big picture, I'm really disappointed to some extent that the hyperbole with him has gotten so out of hand because it's really done nothing besides set him up for failure. Like the mock draft that put him number one overall, I think it led to the discussion this offseason because people, all you have to do is go pull up his numbers and you're going to say, well, that guy looks nothing like a number one draft pick. So you get all these debates between the college football people versus the NFL draft people who are looking at six foot three, great athlete, incredible arm strength, needs to refine his ability, but he's getting a lot of Josh Allen comps. So that's kind of the divide. And um, I just think it's tough for him because I think it's taken out the, to me, the story as someone who covered UK and has followed UK football for a long time. The story is he brought in a first-year starter from Penn State that was a bench player there who ended up accounting for 33 touchdowns this year. That was a great first season as a starter and now it's gone to this conversation about you know some people saying he's he's nowhere near as good as what some think I mean to me he he projects as a very productive quarterback once again this season I don't know that he's going to put up numbers that put him in the QB one range in the draft I have no idea but I know that for Kentucky it's their best quarterback situation in literally over a decade yeah and I'm with you I feel like that those expectations and stuff that were placed on him I'm sure that Mark Stoops and everybody's probably thinking you know that's that's probably not what we wanted I mean you you want positive buzz but putting him number one overall in a mock draft regardless of what outlet it was or how many outlets do it based off of what his numbers were a year ago that that seemed like that was too much like I, I get putting him first round because you think okay when you're talking about a big strong arm and you're talking about the the, the presence and 
honestly, his ability to lead. I think that that's one of the biggest qualities that he has is his leadership role. I mean, they voted him team captain a year ago, and he had only been on campus for a short period of time. I thought that was an eye-opening thing about his character and the way that he leads the, the locker room and the huddle. But it just felt like that anything beyond a first round, maybe second, third round pick, but putting him number one overall in a mock draft, I thought that that was way too much. But does, can he live up to it? I mean, sure. But if you're right, if he doesn't even reach to me that first round level status, I think there's going to be a lot of people that will say, you know, uh, he was overhyped significantly. And then I just think it just puts in an unfair advantage on him that it, it shouldn't have been that way. Yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. I mean, um, he is a, he's, a, he's a great leader. He's a great representation, I think, of, of the UK football program. But, you know, you can go back to Liam Cohen's press conference uh, for Media Day last year, talking about eventually the quarterback being the face of your program. You know, I don't think he was that going into last season, and I, I still would say Wandell probably was was the most recognizable name at Kentucky last year. But going into this year, there's no question. I mean, he turned into that. Um, you know, went to SEC Media Days as one of the participants with Kenneth Worsey and DeAndre Square. Um, you know, he's been kind of everywhere. He obviously had the TikTok videos, so apparently still putting mayonnaise in his coffee, and all those things that the local or not not just local, sorry, the regional, like SEC media and national media, those things that they've picked up on. I mean, he's got a decently strong brand, I would say, uh, nationwide um, in terms of how recognizable he is. So, I mean, I think it's, I think it's great. Especially, you know, I think for UK, when you're talking about this hype, the, the one area where it could be really good is, like we talked about earlier, recruiting that next quarterback from the portal because yep. that person's going to come in in a very situ- very similar situation to Will as a guy who, you know, Will is, is a good example to show that you can come here, you can win a starting job, you can have success, you can make NIL money. He's probably made more NIL money than anyone else besides Wandale, right? I would guess. That would be my guess. Uh up to this point. So that will be a great selling point. But when you do talk about Kentucky's offense this year, I mean, the way that Will develops this season, kind of how he and Scangarello work together, I think will probably determine how how high the ceiling could be for this team. Because if it all clicks for Will and he takes off, like some people think he can, and he gets some help around him, I mean, I think you're talking about them being having a chance to win every single game besides – well, even potentially Georgia. But, you know, yeah. you, you would feel like you will have a pretty good chance in at least 11 games this year. You uh, you make a good point there talking about his, you know, his off-field brand and, and the way that he's, you know, branded himself when it comes to TikToks and NIL deals and everything. You, you could make a case. And, and I, I mean, I think his numbers were fran- – honestly, I thought they were fantastic for a first-year quarterback coming into the SEC and – what Kentucky's numbers had been at the quarterback position under Mark Stoops, he obviously excelled and, and outperformed all of those expectations. But you could argue to the point that his off-field brand is stronger than his on-field brand. Like, just from what we've seen, like, I mean, the way he's been able to market himself, but that goes hand-in-hand in things, too, like when it comes to being an NFL football player, like, and, and all those things. Like, that stuff that will be part of his job as a future professional football player with what he's able to do off the field. So I, I think he's, to me, he's a guy that I think is going to have a ton of success. Uh, I don't expect him to fall flat on his face. I really don't. Does he reach that top 10 pick or even first round pick? I, I don't know. Uh, he's obviously going to get plenty of opportunities. When you play in the SEC, you're going to be on national TV and you're going to get plenty of opportunities to showcase your skills against the best uh, that college football has to offer. 
but I just don't see him falling and, and failing. Uh, even if it ends up being a third-round pick, I think that that is still a significant jump, and it would be a significant move forward for the U.K. football program and the quarterback position. I mean, it should be. You know, it's going to get lost probably if that is the case. People will look at that and say that he he had a bad season or whatever if he falls to the third round potentially. But but he has a better season than he did a year ago probably if he falls in that spot. And that's about you're right. Just because of those expectations that have been yeah. set, it makes it unfair that he could come out here and be a third round pick, which means his numbers are probably significantly better than what they were. And Kentucky's probably a better offensive team than what they were a year ago. But those expectations, I, I've every time they'd pop up, I mean, it's great. It's good content. It's good for for us to be able to write things like that and obviously generate traffic and, and stuff. And, and it's good exposure for the program. But who knows? I, I, I do think that they have a guy at quarterback that is mentally strong enough to to handle all those things. And I think he he probably feels like he's maybe he's worthy of that of that praise this offseason. Uh, some guys maybe fold under that. Maybe Will's is different. Maybe he excels at it. Well, I think the the spin, or if you want to call it that, I, the story, in my opinion, is that even no, if he gets drafted, you're talking about a guy who was a backup quarterback at Penn State who came to Kentucky and turned into a draft pick, like if, at, at a school that has not had a quarterback drafted since Mark exactly. has been here. Like to me, that's the story, regardless. But and I don't know that. People are going to choose to look at it that way because, well, especially not people outside the UK. Clearly, see the way they talk that's, about them now. But that's to me like that would that should be the sell to the next. Like I think, and I do think that's how recruits are going to look at. Like, I don't think the the next quarterback they recruit is going to look at it and be like, oh man, well, you know, Will was somehow UK underachieved with Will Levis at quarterback in terms of what they produced out of him because, again, he wasn't even starting at his old school. And it came to Kentucky and turned into a starter. To me, there's there's no downside as long as Will has a pretty good year this year and gets drafted. I don't really see how you can knock UK at all in that scenario. You can't. And and that's the that's the probably the selling point, like you said, that Mark Stoops would take from that is even if he gets drafted, I, I, to me, honestly, when you pull it apart, it doesn't matter, you know, which round he goes in, even if it's in the the end rounds of the NFL draft, getting a quarterback drafted and in the NFL with a chance to be successful, that's the position that you need it to happen. You, you got Wandell in the league. You need more wide receivers. Uh, when you turn on the tape or you turn on, you know, NFL Network or something on Sunday, you, you want to see Kentucky Wildcats making plays on the field as professionals. And when you get that across the roster at different positions, that's when you set yourself up. I mean, every time you turn on a Monday night football game, how many players are from Ohio State at different positions, how many players are from Alabama, from Georgia, from LSU. You don't hear it as much from Kentucky. It's getting to that point now, though, where you're getting difference-making players and at different positions. But you need a quarterback to have some success and get themselves to the league, have a chance to be a pro, and, uh, and have some success there. And if you do that, like you said in the opening of the show, what this program has been without a consistent difference difference maker at quarterback from the high school route, you just can't put a cap on what Mark Stoops and Kentucky have done because they've done it with honestly they, they've went the, they've done it the hard way a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they really. Like it's have. not been the easy way, man. <laughs> like it, it hasn't been the easy way at all. When you if you gave anyone else the program that Mark Stoops inherited. And you told me, or if you told me 10 years ago, they're going to go 10 years and a quarterback that they've wanted in the high school route has not worked out at any point. <laughs> I would have told you 
I would have told you that he didn't, why are we at 10 years? Like, yeah. you know, what in the world, how did we get here? But when you just look at all the ways that they've adapted, they changed from the air raid. They started just pounding the ground game and, and multiple running backs and had success. And then they go back and here's Eddie Grant. And then they change it up again and go to Liam Cohen. And now they got another guy that's in there that is really good at developing quarterbacks and working with quarterbacks, which is why I think that Will's going to be very successful. When you get to work under the two that he's had back-to-back -back years, I think that that sets him up better to project as a pro than it would have just two years with Liam Cohen like the knowledge that he's going to gain from both over the course of two seasons I think is what's going to set him up to be very successful in the league yeah I mean last thing I'll say as we wrap this up like you could say like the easiest way to kind of transcend where your program is is by getting a difference maker at quarterback I think Louisville is a great example of that through the years um really tons of years they had really great quarterbacks I think you go back to 2016 like some of those years in between from maybe uh, yeah probably like post Charlie Strong because uh, Charlie Strong did a great job building roster at Louisville but you know you had Teddy Bridgewater there but Lamar like Louisville was in the playoff hunt that year if you go by like the total the the composite team talent on 24-7 back then like UK and Louisville were not that far off in terms of how they had recruited um for that 2016 roster but Lamar I mean being a Heisman winner like that's just a great way to kind of to having a great quarterback covers up so many issues for a team and like we've said you know UK's not had that at all in the last 10 years and yet they've had the especially these last five six years have been the most successful stretch and you hope that Levis has another great year this year and like you said it leads to good recruiting on the high school front and leads to a good quarterback coming in here next year from the portal and they can kind of keep it going and, and hopefully one day this will be a I think from the past where we talk about UK struggling to get quarterback. Cause that's kind of the weird thing too, right? Like and a lot of these guys were Kentucky born, but kind of whenever I was a kid, like the rep was that, you know, UK might not have much depth across the board, but they've always got a, a good quarterback. It's not been that way, but this, the results have been way better uh, in the Stoops era. The, the, the roster overall has been significantly better under Mark Stoops. And, yeah, and I think that question. that goes to show you that, but it, but it also shows you how complete your roster has to be to have the success that you want to have. Like if they would have had the talent, if Tim Couch would have had the talent that Mark Stoops has had, it would have been completely different in 97, 98. Like, the, yeah, seven wins was fantastic, but there would have been better chances to get to 9-10. But they need a quarterback to, to set the table, and, and they have it right now. And, and I think that you have those moments and you have those program changing defining moments that you look back over the course of the last 10 years and you can point to individual games or individual plays or individual players. Now they're at a point to where if this season goes as planned and they have another really good year, they compete for the East. I mean, I think that you're going to, you're probably thinking for sure. I mean, they're, they're going to be right there two, three with a chance right on Georgia's Hills to maybe make it interesting in that November, late November game. If they do that, is this another one of those moments that we look back and let's say we're three or four years down the road and Mark Stoops is still in Lexington, do we go back and say Will Levis changed and he was the next, I, I guess, point that propelled them to even greater success because what follows Levis after the success that he has the last two years? I, I think that that's what you're wanting from this year is you have to take advantage of having a guy like this on your roster. And if he projects the way that everybody thinks he's going to, 
Uh, I don't think Kentucky's going to have any trouble walking into a home and, and recruiting a really, really talented quarterback from that's 17 years old. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we'll see what happens. It's kind of the the fun of it all is to speculate and, and see what, where things can go from here. What's our next preview? We'll be previewing next. Hmm. <laughs> Let's talk off the line. Go with? Let's go with the O-line. Okay. So we'll, we'll go O-line to start the week next week, and then uh, probably should be getting in. I'm going to say next week we'll probably go through and make our preseason predictions mm-hmm. for schedule. I think it's that time, wrapping up July, getting into August. I think it's time to, to pick better, those, and obviously. Yeah, I better lock down my predictions. Yeah. Better figure it out. And it, I was about to say, obviously, you know, you kind of want to go through camp and see if there is a crazy injury that happens to someone. There's always mm-hmm. one in fall camp, and uh, let's hope Kentucky can stay clean and healthy and make it into that opener there on September 3rd at full strength. But as always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. Three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.